your fucking Nystrom, Nystrom's really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sandstrom. Somebody better help Sandstrom. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh my, did Mick plant one on C-card. Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. The spinning, spinning, who's he going to go after? The puck drop, the puck but just a minute, Al Arbor has won four Stanley Cups, so don't start telling Al Arbor what to do, you and John Davison. This is Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box, your source for Islanders enforcer talk. Welcome back to my returning listeners and welcome aboard to the new listeners. Welcome to episode 55, actual episode 72, uh, second uh, installment. Let's call it an installment. The second installment of Talking Isles Enforcers with, and today... Uh, as you will find out with these episodes of Talking Isles Enforcers with, uh, these are a bunch of old friends. Uh, last week was Kevin Killer Kaminsky, and today uh, was the Nigerian nightmare, uh, Ruman and Dor. And uh, I've known Rooms, jeez, uh, a lot of these guys have been around 30 years. And uh, Rooms is one of those guys, like I talk about with Dave Chazowski and I talk about with Darcy Harris, uh, just guys that always have a smile on their face and it's just infectious, you know, and this was even before uh, the way the world has turned now into such a negative place. Uh, uh, those guys always, always, uh, you know, Brad May was, he's the same way. Uh, they always have smiles on their faces, no matter what. And I, and you know what, they're human. I'm sure they have bad days just like everybody else, but uh, they just, they're always, they're always smiling and just really, really good human beings, good people. And, uh, I was happy to, uh, I don't want to say reconnect at rooms cause we, we talk on and off uh, text or message or whatever, but, uh, I was glad that I introduced this new, uh, facet of the show. So I get to, uh, chat it up with, uh, with some old friends and, uh, I hope you enjoy, uh, this episode today. Uh, like I said, with the Nigerian nightmare, Ruman and Door. I tried to find a um, a clip of Rick Generate screaming the Nigerian nightmare uh, for the intro, but uh, but I couldn't find one, so uh, I settled for the uh, Avenge Sevenfold song. So uh, it's a pretty good song there. Uh, wake you up if you weren't prepared for that right in the beginning. But anyway, as I normally do, I will ask you to please. Subscribe to this program, like, rate, and review the program. 
what that does is bring the show greater visibility. Uh, I'll show up more in searches uh, when people search for hockey or fighting or Islanders, whatever it is. Uh, the more reviews I get, the more likes and the ratings, whatever. Um, I guess that helps. I've been told that. Uh, I don't know. This is sort of out of my uh, out of my depth with this uh, techie stuff, which is funny because if you're listening to this and you do anything uh, at any level, you're probably like, it's not that difficult. But uh, my kids call me a boomer, and I guess there are times where I have boomer-like uh, attitudes towards things. Um, if you are on social media, on Twitter, at Joe underscore Lazito and at Kali Sinbin Pod. Facebook, facebook.com slash Coliseum Chronicles Podcast. And on Instagram, Coliseum underscore Chronicles underscore Podcast. So my personal Twitter, like I always say, nothing too heavy, uh, nothing really. You get enough nonsense from all your other Twitter friends who became political experts over the last five years and medical experts over the last two years. So uh, so I try to stay away from that stuff. Uh, really just a bunch of lighthearted nonsense. Uh, hopefully you get a laugh out of it. And, uh, you know, no, no, like I said, nothing too heavy. And for the uh, accounts, the Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts, for the show, uh, that'll bring you all little Islander enforcer tidbits, whether it's uh, the big club or uh, the minors, uh, draft picks, whatever. Uh, for instance, today is Tuesday, uh, June 29th, and earlier today I posted about uh, Joe Finley's birthday. He was a short-term Islander, but uh, didn't mind dropping the gloves, and today is Joe Finley's birthday, so uh, happy birthday, Big Joe. Uh, let's see. If you are interested, it is sweltering here on Long Island today. We are in the 90s. We were in the 90s yesterday, and we're going to be in the 90s tomorrow. What I mean, you should really be out there with your Coliseum Chronicles tank top. Whether you're a lady or a gentleman, you should be out there with it. You know, gun show in full force, no matter what gender you are. And uh, But if you don't want to expose the arms, we have T-shirts. Whole bunch of different things in the merchandise store. So scroll down and you'll see two links in the episode description. One is for the classic Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box logo. The other one is for the alternate logo. I don't know why I couldn't merge the two. It's two clicks. You'll see both of them. Now, as you know, every week I do a listener exclusive discount. The code for this week is Nightmare, N I G H T. M-A-R-E, an homage to the Nigerian nightmare, Rumen and Dor. Uh, not Nightmare 20. I only had a certain amount of characters, so it is just Nightmare, straight Nightmare. Plug that code in at checkout on either of the Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box merchandise stores. You will get 20% off your entire order. And the reason why I'm so excited about my merchandise, why I go on and on about it, is because of the logo. The logo, as you've heard me say millions of times, was done by local Long Island artist Joe Marisich. You can get at Joe at Graphics Joker on Twitter, at La- uh, no, not at Ladegg, or via loudegg.com. Uh, Joe is an amazing artist and a great guy. If you have any art projects you need done that you want done right, hit up Joe Marisich. A few other podcasts. I would like to tell you about one is my pal, Darren, fourth line voice podcast, the OG of the enforcer podcast genre. I just listened to 
his Sunday shit show. Um, as I've said in the past, uh, Darren puts out two episodes a week. Proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, same network that carries Terry Ryan's show. Uh, Darren does two episodes a week. On Wednesdays, he brings you an interview. On Sundays, he brings you, let's call him his thoughts from the previous week. And mostly it's uh, it's about the world of hockey, world of sports, and social media. And as much as I enjoy the interviews, I tell you, the Sunday shit show episodes really come at the right time because if I need a chuckle, I know on Sunday I'm going to get one because uh, I love those episodes. He's not quite as old as I am. I think he's uh, mid-40s, but uh, but I can see him venturing down the path of cranky old man, fist shaking at the clouds, and I love it. And uh, and I think part of the reason why I enjoy the episodes is because we're pretty much on the same page as far as everything. So uh, so I enjoy it. Plus, he follows. Well, not that he follows, but he's he goes down the rabbit hole into social media and uh, argues with people and uh, discusses stuff with people where I really I don't have the patience for it. So uh, when he talks about this stuff on his Sunday episodes, it um it's stuff that's really new to me, a lot of it. So uh, so I love it. And like I said, his interviews are second to none. And, um, you know, lately he's been doing uh, he's been having his guests return. They've been doing top five toughest opponents. Uh, so he's done a few of those. And um, and they're always good. You know, they're not as long as um, his episodes usually are, but they're they're long enough. They're they're concise. They're sort of like the Cliff Notes uh, version in a way of the uh, larger interview that he's done with that guest. And the good thing is if you haven't heard the previous interview, the long form interview with that particular guest, that will sort of get you curious. And then you can listen to the top five toughest and then go back and listen to the full length interview. Um, uh, I love Darren. He does a great job. I look forward to every episode he does. It's the first episode I listen to when the new ones come out. And uh, if you like this show, you'll definitely like Darren's show. And I imagine if you're listening to this, you probably already listened to his show. But uh, make sure you tell your friends. Uh, And if you are on YouTube, as I am on every day researching fights, Darren has a YouTube channel, the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. I believe he's over 2,500 fights. I'm on there every day. And let's be honest, you know you are too. But if not, check out the fourth line voice youtube channel if you have ever watched a hockey fight on youtube chances are it's on the fourth line voice youtube channel another podcast that i cannot believe i have not heard ah, it's probably going on two weeks the bucket drop podcast bobby longgrass montreal canadians fan and real montreal canadians fan i know it seems like on social media just like when the Islanders are on their playoff run, um, seemed like there were a lot of new Islander fans. And uh, now with the Canadians in the finals, final pet peeve of mine, it's a Stanley Cup final, finals or NBA. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of Canadians fans coming out of the woodwork. and uh, But not Bobby. Bobby is a lifelong Canadian fan. And the good part is him and I don't necessarily agree on the merits of the GM, but I think over the course of this season and with the success they're having, he's got to come around to my side uh, with, with Burge and, uh, you know, the cyborg that he has become uh, definitely a personality that the game needs. And uh, so definitely check out the bucket drop podcast. Whenever he comes back, maybe 
maybe we'll be lucky. The Canadians will win the cup. I'm sure he'll resurface then. Or maybe even after the finals, regardless of the outcome, he'll come on with a, a season-ending episode. But definitely check out the Bucket Drop podcast. Check out his back catalog while we're waiting for him to come out with a new episode. Finally, if you are on my Twitter, you have seen me post every day about a GoFundMe. My friend Steve is trying to bring back the Drop Your Gloves website. Not just the Drop Your Gloves website, a bigger, better, badder version of the website. And you may not know Steve like I do. Uh, he is the perfect guy for this project because he is as thorough as it gets. Um, he was given a cost, a price of about $10,000 to do the website right. As I said, Steve will do it right. He was given that price of $10,000. Uh, we're just halfway to the goal we're a little over 5,000. So um, today's interview is a perfect example. Uh, a lot of guessing games with uh, me and Rooms because uh, his fight card was not available on the Wayback Machine. So there's a few guys we talk about that didn't fight, you know, and it was kind of like, no, I never fought him. I never fought him. And him and I are trying to rack our brains. And I'm not telling you to donate money to this so it makes my life easier. If you're listening to this, chances are you have been to the old Drop Your Gloves website numerous times. It was one-stop shopping. You had fight cards, you had videos, you had uh, team recaps. I mean, it had everything. I will say that. Uh, so you know you've been there. And, and you know, maybe you guys don't frequent it as much as someone like myself or Darren does or, or Steve. But, you know, you've enjoyed it before. And to donate a dollar or five dollars, uh, you know, it shouldn't really hurt anybody. I am very sympathetic to those who, who are uh, going through financial crises right now. As uh, like I've said, I've been furloughed for over 13 months, so I can relate to anything. So as I always say, if you cannot donate anything, I understand 100%. But if you can't donate, and I guess even if you can, please go to my Twitter feed and retweet the GoFundMe link. It can definitely help out because chances are we have a different set of followers. So you'd be helping out that way. So thank you very much. Well, the Islander season came to a close, which means that the 2020-21 uh, Islanders Bridgeport Sound Tigers fight report is now complete with two more entries on June 21st. Matt Martin battled Luke Shen. I believe that's a rematch from last year's playoffs. And Adam Pellick fought Yanni Gord. Uh, so what that makes it is uh, five playoff fights for the Islanders, which matches their regular season total. So the Islanders ended up with 10 fights total, which also matches the Sound Tigers total. So between the two clubs, you have 20 fights. And um, Matt Martin had two regular season fights, led the team, and he had three playoff fights, which also led the team. Obviously, it's simple math. If they had five and he had three, even I can figure that one out. So um, so that is done. Um, yeah, season didn't end like any of us wanted it to, unless you're a Tampa fan or a Rangers fan. Um, but, man, oh, man, I, I you know – and it's been a few days. If I had recorded the day after, probably would have been uh, a little more in depth. Uh, I usually give myself 24 hours to be unhappy. And even at that point now, you know, I kind of look at it as relative to real life and it sucked. But I also, I enjoyed the ride, man. You know, I, I really did. This team is, is so much fun. 
Um, the hate that they were getting on social media for the last couple of rounds was amazing. And, um, and I loved it, you know, like, um, I think we were talking about, I was talking about this years ago with Jared Burnett. We we're talking about how he gets booed in every arena. And he just said, he goes, if they're booing me, I'm doing something right. And it's so true. The hate the Islanders were getting on social media was phenomenal. I loved it. There is so much hate. So that means they're doing something right. If you're loved by your public and hated by everyone else, just keep it going. Just keep it going. And, um, you know, this is not the show if you want to know about uh, contracts and salary cap hits and things like that. Because, honestly, I don't know. Uh, what I do know is there there will be some changes next year. And um, I am mildly concerned about the expansion draft. And, and why am I mildly concerned? Because in many people, in the, in the predictions, uh, I've seen Jordan Eberle go. I've seen Nick Letty go. Uh, I've seen Kiefer Bellows go. And there was someone else I can't remember. Those were the four names that come up a lot. But here's my concern. Um, if, if it isn't obvious the way the playoffs have gone the last few years, you need players like Matt Martin to be successful in the playoffs. Uh, Tampa has Maroon, um, Montreal has Anderson. You need a guy like Matt Martin. And I know that everyone is talking about the, the players that I mentioned, but there aren't that many Matt Martins in the league. And, you know, I'm not saying whether Matt Martin is more valuable than Jordan Eberle or Nick Letty or Kiefer Bellows, but you have to look at it big picture. Uh, Ron Francis is going to build his team. He's going to build his team and he's going to pick guys from different teams. So he may have defensemen that he covets more than Nick Letty or forwards that he covets more than Jordan Eberle. But there may not be grinders, a lot of grinders like Matt Martin out there. So uh, I am concerned that he will be left on, he will be left unprotected and that he might get claimed. I, I'm slightly less concerned about Ross Johnston because uh, Seattle, I think, is going to be in the same division with Vegas. I think I'm not sure. And Vegas has Reeves and you don't, you know, Reeves is going to run around like a monster out there as he should against a team like Seattle if they don't have any protection. So, do I think they're going to pick Ross Johnston? No, because I think if they really, really wanted him, they could probably work out a trade. Um, but I am concerned that Matt Martin may go. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm worrying about nothing. Um, but I had to get it out there that I am uh, I am a little concerned. Um, as far as the Coliseum, uh, you know, that place, I, I tell people I grew up at that place. Uh, I'd been going there for over 30 years. And um, I've made many friends there, you know, players and team staff and other fans and the security guards, uh, just employees, everyone that, that you know, I'm probably in the hundreds, you know, if you think about all the years I've been going there, you know, it's a special place to me. And of course, as I've said a million times, that's where I met my bride. And, um, you know, it, it's a place that's always going to hold... Uh, it's going to it's going to hold a special place in my heart. No question about that. And I'm sorry to see it go. And uh I am excited for UBS, but um you know, it's uh it's bittersweet. It's it's definitely bittersweet. It would have been nice to close out the old barn with the Stanley Cup win, but um it wasn't in the cards. 
So uh, the good thing is if you're an Islanders fan and you're listening to this, you have your own memories that you made, whether it's with your friends, your family, whatever, and you can always, always look back on that and uh, and enjoy the time there as I do. Um, so it's, uh, you know, just something to look back on. I don't have any any cool thing to say other than uh, enjoy the memories. I, I know I'm going to enjoy the memories and, you know, uh, you know, with really without the Coliseum, without the Islanders, I'm, I'm not married to Andrea. I don't have my two kids. I mean, if you really want to put it simply. So, um, you know, obviously it's, it means the world to me and, and I'm so appreciative that uh, the way my life, the pattern my life took, I became an Islanders fan and I went to, uh, to the Coliseum to see games. So it's a special place for me. And I know if you're an Islanders fan, it's a special place to you. Finally, before I get to the, to the interview with uh, rooms, I just want to make something very clear. And, uh, and it's funny because I, I see this being posted on social media by adults and it, and it's crazy. Um, the referees are not rooting against your team. I know that their officiating has been shitty. It's been shitty for every team. And, you know, maybe one team has gotten one extra break here or there, but the refs are not rooting against your team. They just aren't. If they're shitty, they're shitty. It's just, you know, they're not. And the other thing is, if you're on social media, it's pretty funny. You know, they always have the hashtag for the game, like NYI versus TB, let's say. And if you click on that hashtag, the, the most amusing part is seeing Islander fans complain about the national broadcasters being against their team. And then you see the Tampa fans complaining about the national broadcasters being against their team. So I think this is sort of an epidemic where every fan thinks the national announcers are against their team. And they're not. Now, when, um, oh, was it uh, Mayfield, when he crushed Stamkos into the boards, uh, Ryan Callahan, who I liked as a player, by the way. I really liked Ryan Callahan. But he's a former Ranger and a former Lightning. And uh, he, I think he went a little overboard in his assessment of the hit. Um, you know, I think it, he viewed it as a capital crime almost. And it's, it's funny, coming from a guy like Callahan who didn't mind playing a gritty game, um, and even then, you know, look, was he against the Islanders? Uh, listen, he's a Ranger and he was at lightning. So yeah, he's rooting for Tampa. Let's be honest. Um, but the announcers, I, I really don't think they have skin in the game. You know, even, uh, when, um, Brendan Burke was doing the games, I really didn't detect any bias for the Islanders. So, you know, just think about that. You're complaining that the national announcers are against your team. And the team they're playing, their fans are complaining that the national announcers are against their team. So chances are um, they're calling it down the middle and you're just used to your announcers. Listen, Butch Goring is great for Islander fans because he's a homer. It's just like Phil Rizzuto used to be for the Yankees. If you were a Yankee fan watching Yankee games in the 70s and 80s when Phil Rizzuto was one of the color commentators, he was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And I think every year Butch becomes more and more of a homer. So you enjoy that as an Islander fan. And when the other, when the national announcers aren't, then you're like, oh my God, like, I don't know, people can't adjust, but that is my, uh, my PSA for this episode. The officials are not against your team. The uh, national broadcasters are not against your team. So 
that brings us to the interview. Uh, once again, like I said earlier, it was great, great, great chatting with uh, Ruman and Dor. What a great guy. And, um, you know, he gives his views on some of the guys that he played with, some of the guys that he fought, everybody. That has some connection to the Islanders. He had some really good stories. I enjoyed it, and I, I hope you people will enjoy it too. So uh, let's go. Here's my chat with the Nigerian nightmare, Ruman Endor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Coliseum Chronicles, The Penalty Box. This is my uh, second installment of Talking Isles Enforcers With, where I bring on someone who's never played for the Islanders, but we're going to talk about some teammates, some coaches, and guys that uh, this gentleman may have fought that have ties to the Islanders. So this is a, a guy, one of my favorite people, because uh, honestly... I've never seen this guy, well, I've seen him mad on the ice, but off the ice, I've never seen him without a smile on his face, and that brings a smile to my face. One of the most positive guys I've ever met. Ladies and gentlemen, my old pal, Ruman Endor. Rooms, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. Uh, thanks for the uh, great welcome there, my man. Uh, I know I haven't seen you in a while, but, uh, you know, I hope everything's good down there, and, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh man, it's it's a pleasure. It's always great to to chat with you, and hopefully, when uh, all the borders open up, you know, I was telling yeah. Andrea the other day how I miss going to Buffalo, and every time we go to Buffalo, yeah. we kind of creep our way into Ontario, and maybe we'll uh, we'll end up hooking up soon. <laughs> yeah, for sure, that'd be great. So uh, I I briefed you on on the uh, rundown how we're going to do things here. So I like to do things yeah. chronological. So. Uh, if we're going to start with your time in Guelph, I got two teammates yeah. I want to ask you about first. Yeah. And basically, just your recollections of them. It's sort of like name association. Uh, first guy I want to ask you about is Todd Bertuzzi. Yeah, Big Birdie. He was um, he was something else. You know, it was um, it was a pleasure to play with him. He, uh, he took the league, he took the whole, you know, OHL kind of like by storm there his second year in to uh, excuse the pun, but um, <laughs> he um, he just came in there and, and 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 he was a man amongst boys. You know, there's guys, there's huge guys, there's always big guys, especially back then in that era. You know, guys that were six foot two were getting drafted no matter what, or they were making OHL teams and CHL teams. And but Burke had it, had it all. You know, he had skill, he had size, he could skate. I, uh, you know, he could shoot the puck. It was just, uh, was just an amazing, uh, you know, talent package that he had. And, uh, you know, when he got going, when he got chugging, when he got angry, it was, it was a sight to see, man. It was amazing. Now, one of the things that when, when the Islanders drafted him and it was, I think it's sort of an unfair comparison. And I think the media does this and I don't think they mean anything by it, but Todd Bertuzzi mm -hmm. was supposed to be the next Clark Gillies. So it's kind of yeah. like, those are unrealistic expectations. Um, and when he, mm -hmm. when he played in the NHL, he didn't fight that much. Did he fight nope. a lot down in, uh, in Guelph? I honestly, he didn't fight because he was just so big, mm -hmm. you know, it was just, and I think his last year, our last year in Guelph, he scored 55 goals. Wow. Um, you know, he just, he, like I said, he, he dominated the OHL. And he just did things that, you know, you'd never see. He, he'd score goals with three or four guys draped all over him, hanging on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. So he just did things that were just out of this world. And fighting wasn't, you know, it, 
I think he had, I would say he had four fights that year, you know? So, you know, I was around, I, I, I was there to protect him. Uh, we had other guys and he didn't need it. You know, honestly, he didn't need kind of protecting. If he wanted to, like I said, if he got mad, if he got mad enough, then the gloves were coming off and, uh, and he would show you, you know, he would he'd, he'd take care of what he had to take care of in that instance. But he just, yeah, he didn't, um, that wasn't really his game, to be honest. Well, the next guy is someone you definitely didn't want to make mad. And uh, he's uh, a recent guest on the show. And I reached out to you uh, yeah. when I had him on. And that's Kenny Belanger. So uh, sure. tell me about playing with Kenny Belanger. And then uh, yeah. the question I have also is, were you with the team when uh, Belanger and Bertuzzi dropped the gloves in practice? Yeah, yeah, it was great. You know, we had um, we had a bunch of guys come through Guelph there. And this was my first year. So mm-hmm. Kenny had come in for... For Freddie Oduya, I don't know if you remember that name. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's passed now. Yes, but, um, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, that is unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, he was traded straight up for Freddie Oduya. And then, and you know, so we were we knew what we were getting in uh, in Kenny Belanger. But, mm-hmm. but Freddie Oduya goes the other way and just becomes this animal in Ottawa and then in pro hockey in the American League and whatnot. But, yeah, we knew what we were getting in Kenny and, and uh, he, we had just—I think we had just traded Alex Stoyanov. Okay. So he—he was—he went out the door. We brought in Kenny, and we brought in um, um, Bushy. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Bush. So we had all these guys just skating around, and and you know, it was it was a it was a crazy atmosphere when you're that age. That was the first time where I, I kind of actually saw like guys get intense we were fighting for our spots we had i remember that year we had like nine or ten defensemen mm-hmm. you know so all of us were we'd go to practice and we'd do whatever we could to get in the game get in the lineup so it was it was mm-hmm. go time those were our games we we're cross-checking guys and just playing it like it's a game mm-hmm. so yeah that was the first time when i remember it was like you gotta you gotta go you get you, you can't even you can't even take a practice off if you want to play you know, and, uh, you know, so one thing led to another and then this happens and then we just skated out there one day and there, there they are, the two mm-hmm. big boys, Kenny and uh, Birdie, just center ice, buckets off, mm-hmm. squaring up. I have no idea what it was about. I don't know. Uh, I haven't, I can't even remember the backstory, but mm-hmm. just bombs flying and uh, yeah, Kenny got the better of that one. Well, for those of you who want to know what it was about, go back and listen to the Belanger episode because he does talk about that. So yeah. uh, I'm not even going to tell you, Rooms. You're going to have to go back and listen to. <laughs> you're going to have to go back. You're going to have to go back and listen. So, um, so as I said to you before we started recording, unfortunately, your uh, fight card is not available uh, online. So I'm going to throw out yeah. some names at you uh, that you. I'm 99.9% positive you played against. So yeah. uh, if you fought them, you could say so. If you didn't, if you have any memories of playing against them uh that would be great and uh so the first one i'm gonna throw out is the big boy eric cairns uh did you ever fight cairnsy and if not uh did uh was like playing against him at that uh, <laughs> that time yeah so it, he would have been there um my first year my first year in the o he was in detroit i remember mm-hmm. and um just i just didn't play much mm-hmm. you know i just um i remember playing them i remember him being there I, I, I never fought him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't remember ever fighting him, but, you know, I, I knew what he could do. 
Uh, he's a defenseman. It was always hard yeah. back in the day for D on D's to, to, to get tangled up. You'd have to go really out of your way. And I, I, I would, you know, it mm-hmm. would happen. There's no doubt about it, but it just, it didn't happen as, as often. I don't think as, uh, as a, obviously a forward in the D, but yeah, he was a D man. He was a, you know, big man. Uh, I know he was with the, uh, who was he with? Was he, yeah, he was with the Islanders. Of course he was. So, yep. uh, mm-hmm. I remember when I was in New York, he was there with the uh, in with, in the island. Mm-hmm. So I always knew what he could do, and I was always ready, you know, if if it came to be. But yeah, never uh, never did drop the mitts with him. Here's someone who I don't know if you fought, but you probably wanted to kill him because uh, everyone did at one point or another. Steve Webb. Who <laughs> Webby? <laughs> well, the, it's a funny story with Webby is that we're pretty good buddies, so yeah. we. Um, our goalie, my goalie in Guelph, everything always starts in junior, you know. It, yep. it just goes back to junior. But our goalie in Guelph, Sparky MacArthur, he uh, he was from Peterborough. Okay. And he grew up with Webby, you okay. know. So we used to go in the summer after our season. We'd go to Peterborough and we'd spend two weeks there. And Webby was always right in there. Mm-hmm. And and um, I remember when uh, MacArthur got uh, married, we had a great time at his wedding. So we were always kind of we were always kind of around each other when we were younger, at, you know, in the summers and, and, and that like, cause I know I, you know, your buddies with guys like, like even uh bushy, like mm-hmm. Ryan, we, I played with him in junior, but then there's time, you know, we ended up like, I was in Atlanta. He, I think he was in Chicago. I was like, Hey man, I need a fight, man. Like, let's mm-hmm. just, can you give me a fight here? Like, so those things happen, but me and Webby just, I think he, he had a, he had, I mean, much more of a NHL career than I did. Mm-hmm. So I was in the minors m- more so. So, yeah, we never kind of crossed over and, and played against each other a significant amount of time because I know I know what you're talking about. I, there's for sure there was going to be an incident where we would have dropped the Mets, but no, it never happened. He uh, he always liked to make his presence known. So yeah. uh, someone yeah. was coming after him on every ship, oh, it yeah. seemed like. Oh, so. yeah. You know, he crowds a good career out of doing that. You know, he just had a, he had a knack for getting involved. And that's, you know, you like those guys on your team. Uh, I say it all the time for, you know, down here on the island, you know, there are certain Islander players who are absolutely revered. And, and it all yep. starts with those dynasty teams. But yeah, right. once you get past those, di- look at me, my voice is cracking. Once you get past these <laughs> dynasty teams, yeah, Steve yeah. Webb is a guy who probably never has to pay for a meal, never has to pay for a beer on Long Island. He is yeah. absolutely beloved down here. And isn't that incredible? You know, yeah. like what, I don't know what, like, where was he drafted? I, I'm not sure how high, but just the guy that just came, showed up to work every day got his nose dirty, was just mucking around out there, dropping the mitts. You know, those guys, you're, they're just so valuable. You know, you, know, you never you – know, people don't respect those guys as much as they, as they should. You know, it's amazing. Uh, a, a guy similar to Todd Bertuzzi, although he didn't have the length of uh, NHL career as Bert did, but again, I think un- unrealistic expectations placed on him after he's drafted by the Islanders, and that's Brett Lindros. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Brett Lindros was um, a guy everybody had heard of. Obviously, the the last name, and uh, I don't, I don't ever remember playing against him. So I don't okay. remember him in junior. I don't remember because I think he would have went right, right to the show. Was he? Did he? Was he early in the NHL? Like yeah, nineteen he, maybe. 
Yeah, he he didn't. Uh, he actually, I always say, I think if he would have played another year junior and maybe yeah. a year in the minors, he probably yeah. would have had a long career. But yeah, th- they sure. rushed him because of his name, and yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Then he's a target okay. up here. So oh, for sure, he would have been. Yeah, you know. And he played more of a physical game than I mean, his brother. Like I talk about Eric. Like I've never seen a guy that big skate that fat like he it was scary like yeah. it was absolutely insane yeah i used to watch him more because i didn't play against him much mm-hmm. when he was out there flying around in philly and i was in new york that year mm-hmm. and just to just to see a guy that big skate around mm-hmm. and it was crazy to think that you know he had concussion problems it just i couldn't believe it you know he was so big at but you know when guys like Scotty Stevens are catching you coming across the middle, that's you know, yep. those are lights out hits. But yeah, it was um, it was one of those things where you know uh, Brett didn't kind of didn't have the same style obviously as Eric, right. so he had to come in and you know do do different things to establish his uh, his presence in the league. And uh, yeah, with those concussion problems, you know, you, you just don't last long. I think he was cursed right from draft day when uh, Don Maloney, right on the ESPN and TSN, said, mm-hmm. I think we have the better Lindros. And I just cringed. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, oh, oh man. No How do you do that? <laughs> oh, wow. He yeah. said that. Yeah. yeah. I don't that. yeah and I, obviously, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're realistic, you know it's just the GM yeah. pumping up his yeah. player. But get, get the fans going or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. But but yes. you know people are gonna run with that, and I'm just like, oh god, I feel bad for this kid. So oh man, I don't remember that. That yeah. is, yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, next guy I want to ask you about, and and I always have fun with him because he's basically Mr. St. Louis now. He's he's Mr. Personality. He's on ESPN uh-huh. Radio. There, he's uh-huh. he's got his own podcast. And I think when you might have played against him in the OHL, he was a uh, sort of a flashy kind of guy with the he had the mullet going and everything yeah. for Sudbury. And that would be Jamie Rivers. Oh, Rivers! Oh my <laughs> God! Yeah, ah, uh, yeah. But I he had uh, he had some protection there and. Uh, in Sudbury back in the day, back yeah. in the O, but no, I, he, he was scoring, he was scoring 70, 80, 90 points as a yeah. defenseman back yeah. in the day. So he wasn't, I know he was gritty and I yeah, know, yeah. you know, like it, it's funny how, I mean, I, I, I could relate it to myself. I scored, I think I had 50 points or 40 something points the one year in the OHL. Mm-hmm. You know, I never sniffed that in pro hockey, yeah. but you know, it's just, it's funny how it translates to, you know, like uh, a a seventy point defenseman in the O is a is a twenty point thirty point guy in the NHL or in pro. So it just you know you you get you get put in your role, and if you don't make that jump, if you don't step it up when you get to pro, then you kind of get put in, you get labeled, and uh, you know you get put into a role. And hey, guys, carve out twelve year, thirteen year careers out of it, making great cash. So. You know, you do whatever you can do, but yeah, Riz was uh, Riz was a bit more offensive. I don't think like he was he would he would have been dirty, but he had um, who was the guy in Sudbury that I I fought Gary Coupel, yeah, Remember scary him? Gary, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he had Coupel there, and uh, there was other guys that his, Riz wasn't Riz wasn't getting his hands too too dirty <laughs> with the uh, with the big boys in the. Uh, 
Now, I don't know how far you are in Ontario from Ottawa, but here's a guy that I know you played against in the minors too, uh, DJ Smith, who's now uh, Ottawa's head coach. Yeah. Now, again, it's yeah, a defenseman, no, defenseman I, thing, right? But Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely remember DJ, and uh, he was in uh, – did you say it was – was he? Did he play in Windsor in the OHL? I can't remember yes, where he played, he played in, in Windsor, and then he played in St. John's in the American League. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's where I think I remember him. I remember yeah. him also more so in pro hockey for some yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, it was another. And and listen, back then, DJ wouldn't have been the only guy. Mm-hmm. So it would have been, you know, there's 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 one guy on the team nowadays, but back yeah. then, and you know this very well, you know, yeah. there was there was four guys on mm-hmm. every team. So there was guys, it was spread around, and uh, D on D was kind of hard to, to get at. Uh, here's someone that you definitely remember. So uh, I know you played against him in the OHL, and he followed you in Rochester. You were gone already. I, you de- I don't think you crossed paths, but mm-hmm. uh, Eric Bolton. Oh, yeah, Bolts. Um, we were just, it was funny. Who I, I, think, I, I think I did a podcast. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, and uh, he had mentioned that he would spoke to Bolton. They, I, uh, anyway, there was a yeah. long story where he was saying, "Oh yeah, I remember that guy. We used to so we used to have battles in the OHL, mm-hmm. man, and yeah. it was great. I've never he we were we were going the one the one game, and I'm get I'm I've got him good, you know. I kind of got the upper hand on him, mm-hmm. and he starts howling like <laughs> like ow. <laughs> Right in the middle of the fight. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, I'm looking around. I actually looked around, and he started howling. So, I, you know, the refs got in there. Everybody's laughing. And he was just like, yeah, let's go. Let's go again. Let's do it again. All right. Let's, let's run it. Let's run it back again. So, but it was, I, I'll never forget the guy howling in the middle of the fight. Oh. That is tremendous. That warrants yeah. a text once we stop. Once we stop recording, I'm gonna have to ask yeah. him if he remembers yeah. that. Yeah, if he remembers that, because I'll never forget it. A uh, couple of guys I want to ask you about in Rochester. One guy was a veteran at the time, uh, and maybe he helped you on defense, and he was an Islander after the fact. And that's Doug Huda. Oh yeah, Dougie Huda. Um, I I got great great memories of Dougie. Um, just I remember I remember watching him play. You know when I was. Uh, when I was, you know, when I knew I kind of hockey was going to be my thing, you know, like when I was 15, 14, 15, and I, re- I just started watching hockey like as much as I could. And I remember Dougie Huda for some reason. I remember him. I always remembered him. And then he was in the Buffalo organization, I think the year before or the year I got drafted. So by the time I made it to rochester a couple of years later he was still there but he was on the tail end mm-hmm. and um so my first year pro in rochester he got sent down to us at christmas and uh he was the catalyst for us going you know all the way we ended up we ended up winning the calder cup and he was my defense partner for half a year and uh you know just one of the greatest teammates i've ever played with i think i've said this on on a number of occasions he just the, the amount of uh, knowledge he gave to me personally, but, you know, just to everybody in the dressing room, he calmed us down. You know, he yelled at us when it was appropriate. I, I think everyone just thinks it's, it's uh, you know, everybody's just so nice out there. And it's just, it's just, you know, 
everybody gets a pat on the butt every 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 time no matter what it's not like that you know it's yeah. it's it's a it's a job and it's and it's tough you know you're playing especially my, you know my rookie year coming in the Raj 80 games 80 game schedule yeah. driving the bus all over all over America and up into eastern Canada so it's crazy it was just you know it was just he really calmed us down he he settled me down a lot you know showed showed me the ropes and um, I uh, I owe him a lot for that. I don't think this guy was down in Rochester too long, but uh, do you remember playing with Scott Pearson? Uh no, yeah, he was um, he was gone. I think mm. he was there. He got sent down on a on a two week conditioning stint or okay. something like that. Okay. So he was there. I remember we we were teammates for about two weeks the one year, and okay. uh, and then that was it. But yeah, you know, just guys that are gritty and. Mm-hmm and and work hard and like i said those were guys those those guys were everywhere in, in every lineup yeah back then so mm-hmm. it was it was always good i know for me you know it was always good having some extra support you know like when i when i was 20 years old my first year there it was there's a target on you yeah and i'm ready for the challenge you know i'm 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 stepping up to the plate no matter what mm-hmm. but it's always a little better when you got you know serge robert <laughs> you got danny frawley who could chuck him real yeah. good you know, I had Scotty Metcalf there, uh, Dean Melanson. So we had some guys. It was perfect. Yeah. You you kind of – I always talk to Terry Ryan about when he was with Fredericton, he kind of was like the, the bridge where one year he had guys like Jerry Fleming and Brad Brown yeah. and Dion Darling. Yeah. And then the next yeah. year he has, like, all the new blood like Asham <laughs> and Gordy Dwyer and Darcy Harris and, right. like, the guys you named, like, you go from Frawley and Metcalf. Right. Scott Nichol right. was probably there too. Yeah, Scotty um, Nichol was there, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and then you – you go in and then you, next thing you know, you're with uh, Pete Vandermeer and Greg Walters. And, and yeah, you know, yeah, Wally, so John Luke Grandpierre. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was there my last year. Like it was so you're right. It just kind of, and if you play long enough, you play with all kinds, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was drafted by Buffalo. So in the summers I would live with Rob Ray. I was, we had the same agent. So I lived with Rob Ray and I got to, sh- he got to sh- teach me things you know like he taught me so much Mm -hmm. just being around him and uh you know just living that lifestyle in the Mm -hmm. summer it was crazy excellent so uh i do know four guys that you fought with uh rochester i don't necessarily know how it went yeah Uh, first guy is uh we talk about how difficult it is for d-men to fight d-men but i got dean chanel from uh, providence oh yeah yeah you know what that was um I don't know why I remember this so much. Maybe it's because of who he was, mm-hmm. but I had just come back from uh, injury. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I hadn't played in like uh, six weeks or something like that. And I just remember, I don't think they had anyone else. I just yeah. don't remember them. Maybe they, they were suspended or hurt. It was one of the few times I actually played in, was it Providence? He was in Providence. Was, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was one of the few times I actually played in Providence for some reason. I think I was always hurt or something. But anyway, we went in there. It was one of those games where the crowd was just going nuts right from the start. Mm-hmm. Just every like every hit was like the crowd was yelling, and you're just right into it. So I just remember after a whistle, I just skated to the blue line. He, the The puck was, you know, our goalie froze the puck, and I cross-checked the guy a couple times, and I could hear him 
beacon at the blue at the blue line so i just skated right back, <laughs> skated right up to the blue line and then we dropped in that so not a good tilt mm-hmm. you know it ended up going like center ice it ended up going like one of those all over the ice ones where you you start you start at the blue line you, you end up going to like all the way to the other uh face-off circle and then back to the red line and then the rest are like all right you guys done <laughs> yeah you give the guy a tap and then you're like all right let's go five minutes you need the break so yeah it was a good one uh, upstate New York, uh, you know, for people of a certain age, you, those games, you, there were always such a strong concentration of teams in the upstate yeah. New York region. And you spent yeah. some time in Rochester, uh, sure. r- develop a rivalry, rivalry with all those teams. Uh, one yeah. of the teams, Syracuse, they had a player named oh, Dave yeah. Roche. Uh, you remember fighting Dave Roche? I don't. Dave yeah. Roche. I, I remember Dave Roche, like uh, the, he played for the, was it the Islander Roche? Yep, um, he played for Pittsburgh. He, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think I fought because like we're pretty good buddies. Like yeah. he was from Peterborough as yep. well, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's how I. Uh, but maybe I did it. Like like I said, I yeah. didn't. I didn't care when, when we were on the yeah. ice. It didn't didn't really matter to me. But the guy in Syracuse was Johnny Baduke. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he. Mm-hmm. We had wars. We we had a line brawl. We started a line brawl, shooting pucks at him in warm up, <laughs> and. Uh, so, you know, it was like, yeah, first shift, first shift, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So we get to the game, and he goes after – he doesn't – like I said, I, you know, like I set it up like me and you. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's, do our, let's do our thing. Yeah. And he went after somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a tougher guy. I, I think it was um, – what was his name? Um, uh, big, big left winger. Um, oh, my God. Right, just I'm wait blanking. till we hang up. You'll remember once we hang yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what'll happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Western League guy Brandon. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, so he went after him. So I said, okay, you yeah. know, you're playing that game. I went after some other guy that you know wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't really a heavy. So then that started. He came out of the Pele box. It, <laughs> it was crazy. I think, I think he got like a 20 game suspension you or know, something like that. You know what's cool about that? I don't know yeah. if uh, you played there afterwards, but you know they retired his number up there. Yeah, yeah. No, they retired it like I was still there. We were oh, okay. still playing. It was crazy. Like, oh wow! I, look, I respect the guy. Yeah, like he he showed up. He did mm-hmm. a tough job. It is a tough job. Yeah, let's be perfectly honest. Oh, so yeah. uh, I respect the guy a ton, but to see his number go up in the rafters, I couldn't believe it. I just like, is it still up there? Like, I think it's permanent. Well, Syracuse. You, listen, if you go down the list of Syracuse guys that they've had that have been tough players, yeah. I mean, he yeah, really yeah, was yeah. he was just the beginning. I mean, he started it, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, that was it. So yeah. they appreciate those guys up there. So I think it's great. So oh, That's crazy. Yeah, no, that is good. That's amazing. Uh, another guy you fought when he was with Hershey, uh, Jason Simon. Jason Simon. You remember him? Jason Simon. I remember Chris. I don't remember Jason Simon. That's okay. God, the, so so this is this is funny because like, I you know if I see it then obviously I fought him. But right, the guy I remember the most in in Hershey was um, they had Crow there the one year. Phil Crow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Phil Crow and uh, Clay Claxton. Is it Claxton Norris or Clayton Norris? Oh, Clayton Norris, Chuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Well, it's Chuck, called Chuck Norris. Yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I remember we used to go into Hershey. It would be our third game in three nights, and it was a three o'clock afternoon game or something mm-hmm. like that. So it was just like 
and you know you're in for a battle. You're dead tired. You're, you know, you played Friday in Albany and then, you know, Saturday in Worcester or something like that. And and then you go into Hershey and it's like, oh, my God, here we go. You know, like it's not, there's no day off here. So, but I remember Norris. I remember Crow, but I don't remember Jason. Son, that's weird. Jay, if you go on his hockey DB, he's played in every league. He played in, you know, he, <laughs> no, it's it's actually yeah. really cool to go down and look. He's, you yeah. know, um, played in every league. Uh, played yeah. on a lot of teams. You know, he he would play for two or three teams a season. It, it actually yeah. was. Well, it's actually pretty cool to look at. Like if you have a map and you put a push pin. Everywhere yeah, he played, yeah. like where it's, he was all over the place, and and, yeah. it, and the cool thing is, like, if you look at his journey, where you know he started in the Colonial League and things like that, right, and he actually right. got to play some games up here. So I don't think he Did was he in actually Hershey played too in long. the NHL, eh? Yeah, he played four games for the Islanders and one game for Phoenix. Wow. So okay. yeah. Um, one other guy that I know you definitely fought, and you may have played against him in uh, Britain too. Uh, and I know a lot of guys who fight him aren't big fans of his. I don't know how you feel, and that's Barry Nightcar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, I actually didn't, um, it was, he, he had gone to England a little, little earlier, but I yeah. just, I just remember there was a, yeah, there was a fight. I don't know. I can't even, it was, it had to have been the American league. Cincinnati but, he was with when you fought. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say it wasn't the NHL. Right. Did he play in the show? Yeah, he played. Yeah, he, uh, he was played, in training right? camp with the Islanders, which is why I bring him up. And he played oh, in the okay. IHL for them. But he did play, um, played for the Ducks, and he may have gotten. He, he played for the Ducks. He got in yeah. a few games with Hartford, I believe, and a few games with Calgary. Yeah, I know. I remember. Yeah, so I just remember because because when I went to England, when I eventually got over to England, he was just leaving. Oh, okay. he had just retired. Okay, but he like everybody was like. Nykar, man, like, are you, is this the next Nykar? Like, he's there. He's like revered over there. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. They they love him. Mm-hmm. Every every, I think he played Nottingham. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so everyone loves him there, and then everybody else hates him. Yep. Every other town <laughs> hates him. So, exactly. Like like that's the kind of rep that he's got over there. Even yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So now I'm going to throw out some names. I don't know if you fought him, uh, but I'm sure you played against him. Uh, first guy's a former guest of the show, uh, Dave Chizowski, who you might have played against when he was with Adirondack. <sighs> now, now keep Chizer. He was yeah. more. He wasn't really. Uh, was he like a bit? I thought he was more of a goal scorer. Well, kinda... he was a guy where everywhere but here with the Islanders. He was more like a power forward where he'd put yeah, up, yeah, power he'd put forward, up yeah. 50, 60 points or whatever, but he'd yeah, also yeah. put up like 250 minutes. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And there was a ton of, ton of those guys back in the day. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. I mean, I know, I, I, I remember him. Mm-hmm. I can remember him vividly. Uh, I don't think I fought him. I think like, and that, just to be perfectly honest with you, like when I was in the NHL, I think I played 70 games, 69 mm-hmm. games. And I probably had, I, I want to say, 20 fights, mm-hmm. 25. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a bunch of them were against Christoph Oliwa. Yeah, so oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, so you, you guys pound around a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why these are guys that you may have run into in, uh, in yeah, Rochester. Yeah. So, for example, like we just talked about the upstate New York games. Yeah. I yeah. know for sure, whether you fought him or not, you battled this guy a ton, and that's Danny LaCroix with Binghamton. Yeah, yeah, no, we fought, that's for sure, because mm-hmm. I remember that. 
he was in um he was in PEI. It was my first year. It was actually our first road trip. It was uh, our rink was getting rebuilt. They were doing the uh, I don't know if you've seen the the rink in Rochester now. It's kind of no. it's, it's got a whole new makeover. And uh, anyway, like when when my first two or three years there, they were rebuilding it. Okay. They're just putting like a like a fifty million dollar uh, uh, revamp into it. Okay. So we had to start every year like the first six weeks on the road oh, okay so that was that was my rookie year in pro in okay. rochester american league and we started our first like eight games were out in um eastern canada okay so it was pei it was it was uh cape breton was there at the time mm-hmm. st john's both st like st john yeah. st john so yeah so it was started there and um so the funny thing about this game where i fought lacroix was that Rob Stauber, our goalie, scored a goal. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he actually, you know, like, you know how the Hextall, like, sh- like got the puck on a dump in and mm-hmm. shot it down, like, shot, like, empty net, shot it down the ice into the empty net. So, yeah, I remember that because he scored a goal. It was only, like, the third goalie he's ever done it or something like that at the time. So, yeah, Robbie Stauber scored a goal. But, yeah, I remember fighting Danny LaCroix that game in the second period. I remember... um I don't know if you remember Bob Westerby. He oh was, yeah, um, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, Westy was uh, he was our left winger, big big left winger out of Kamloops, and uh, he we we were squaring up, and all I could hear I don't know if it was Westy or maybe it was Scotty Nickel. Anyway, all I could hear was he's a lefty, he's a lefty. So it just kind of you know like when you get locked in, you're just locked in. It doesn't even matter. Like it wouldn't even I don't know. Like you just. You, you figure it out pretty yeah. quick if you oh, start yeah. eating. If you start eating less, mm-hmm. so but he just somebody on the bench was screaming that. So kind of, I don't know. It just took me aback, and he, <laughs> I ate a, a left right <laughs> off the bat. So I was like, "Thanks a lot, guys." I would have like I think I would have been all right if I didn't even know that. But <laughs> it was fine. We had a good little tilt, just trading lefts and right, so it was all right. And. And just remember, um, you were there when Rob Stauber scored. You mentioned Ron Hextall, but never forget the first goalie credited with a goal. Yeah, that is who, Billy Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah was so, Billy Smith. Yeah, okay. don't ever forget that, Rooms. Okay, I own the <laughs> no, show. I'm always going to bring that up. Just don't ever yeah. forget that Billy scored the yeah. first goal for a goalie. For All right? sure, that's awesome. Man. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know. There you go. Another guy from Syracuse, again, more of a power forward type. So I'm wondering if you guys battled yeah. uh, Dave Scatcherd. Uh, yeah, no, it was, um, and like he was there. I think he was there the Duke years for me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I remember him for sure. He yeah. was there. Um, it, but no, we never, we never, ever dropped the gloves. I think he would have, he would have fought. You know somebody Middle on our age. on our Rochester team because, like I said, you know the the rivalry was it was intense. It was mm. crazy, and we played each other like sixteen times a year. I don't know yeah. why like we had to go down there and play them so much. It's crazy, but you just get sick of these guys. You put you <laughs> see them so much. Yeah. So yeah, we he would he would have been he would have been mixing it up with somebody. That's for sure. Now, uh, two defensemen that I don't think he fought, but you, I ninety nine percent positive you played against, and I'm asking you because. To me, they're kind of legends. Uh, first guy who you might have played against when he was with Portland, and that's Brendan Witt. Brendan Witt. 
Yeah. Um, nope. Yeah, I don't think he wasn't in the minors too long, was he? No, no. Because I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I don't remember there. being in the minor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't think go ahead, he was I'm there sorry. too long because I don't. I don't. Re- I, I remember him in in the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he was in Washington when I was yeah. in. Mm-hmm. New York. So he had moved on from the island already, mm-hmm. I think. So No, the island was last. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was it mm-hmm. that he went that way? Okay. Yeah. He was drafted. Oh by yeah, Washington. Washington was why he would have been in Portland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, uh second guy, I'm sure you heard of him, Zidane Chara. Did you play against him <laughs> when he was with Kentucky? No, yeah. So I got a great Chara story and I tell the I tell some guys this all the time. Mm-hmm. It was his first year and um you know, you look at the uh, you look at the pregame press notes, and you know, you see this guy. Who who do they got? You know, who do they got? Let's see their stats. Let's see their pins. Where they're, you know. So we're checking this guy out. I remember it was me, Wally. Um, would have been somebody else. Probably Vandermeer. We're just try- we're yeah, maybe it was Vandermeer. Yeah. We're just trying to scout out who we're gonna go here. You know, it's one of those Friday night games in in uh, where was it Lexington? I think yeah. they had they had just brought the team and so it was crazy fans everywhere and it's great like i used to love it back then just going into the rink and and beating up one of their guys like right in the friday night just yeah. like okay like just shut up <laughs> yeah you know so we're looking at the stats and we're checking it out and we see this chara guy and we're like czech republic or whatever uh, slovakia you know so we're like okay like he's big and we saw he played in the western league but we're yeah. like no like we're so we're like we're going to give this guy out. This guy's having a hard night. <laughs> so right, like right off the bat. And we, we've already talked about D on D. Like you just never mm-hmm. saw, I was going out of my way to chase him around to fight him. <laughs> just, I wanted a piece of him. I saw how big he was. I'm like, okay, let's, so nothing. He's not giving me anything. It's his first year. I, you know, I think he's just a little gun shy. Yeah. And then finally he just snaps and some, one of our guys, one of our guys is seeing us egging him on and, you know, and, you know, he's not dropping the mitt. So, so they get a little bit of courage. So they start cross-checking him and whatever. Mm-hmm. So he says, okay, he drops the gloves and he throws a bomb that came from like, like Syracuse. <laughs> like it was like the guy, the guy's reach was so like, just knocked the guy out, like knocked him out. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a close game or something, so I can't remember what happened. We 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 ended up not fighting, mm-hmm. but he knocked our guy out, and I was like, "Wow, maybe I dodged a bullet there." <laughs> <laughs> he just started laughing. Me and Wally were like, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. like what is that?" So now, you know, obviously he's gone on to to a Hall of Fame career and one of the toughest guys you'll ever you'll ever see on the ice, just yeah. just because of his pure size and. And now he's, you know, he's more willing now than he was back then. But yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, one of those where I was like, huh, maybe, uh, maybe it would have been a good idea to sit this one out. You know, <laughs> I love the Dodger bullet line. That's classic. <laughs> yeah. um, one guy you played with in Buffalo. Uh, I think you played with him. I don't know how long. I don't know how many games you got while he was there. But do you remember playing with Paul Cruz? Yeah, Cruiser. Yeah, for sure. He was uh, he was great. Obviously, the Islander links there as mm-hmm. well. But uh, he got sent down too. He was he was a guy that he was great because he um, he was kind of he would get sent down a lot of conditioning stints. Mm-hmm. And then the one year, I kind of you know I kind of 
I kind of cracked the lineup. I yeah. kind of made it out of training camp and, uh, and cruiser like had me over for dinner all the mm-hmm. time and just showing me the ropes. And, you know, I was living in the hotel. They didn't tell me to get a place or anything. So, so he had me over for dinner, like just, it was just the way he just, you know, class guy took mm-hmm. care of me and I'll never forget, forget that, you know, just kind of, you know, you pass it down to the, to the, the next generation or the, the younger guys, you know, you show them, show them a little love, show them, show them the ropes and, and, uh, and you hope that they do it, you know, down the line as well. So, you know, something, somebody must've done that to him. He did yeah. it to me. I tried to do it to the next guy, wherever I was, you know, it was just, um, I remember that a lot. It was just great having that kind of, you know, friendship with him. Yeah. He's a great guy. So I'm not surprised. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. Another great guy who you probably will agree with me, but I bet you didn't think so on this night. And this is the dark ages of the room's career in my eyes when he <laughs> skated for the red, white, and blue of the Rangers. I try to block this out as best I can, but you fought a guy at Madison Square Garden who you probably don't even realize has Islander ties spending a training camp with them. He was with Anaheim at the time, and that's big Jim McKenzie. Jim McKenzie. No, I didn't know I yep. didn't know his Islander ties, but yeah, yep. no, I was just I was just talking about this one as well because mm-hmm. it was in the garden mm-hmm. and um, the, the the sequence. I remember everything about the sequence and how it started, and then I blacked out because the guy hit me so hard. <laughs> so so uh, Hall, here I, think it was here I am laughing at you. You're saying this yeah. guy hit you so hard, and I'm laughing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's <laughs> fine. It was great. I laugh at it. Yeah. Um, so I think Holler. Remember he had hit Gretzky yes. in like the in the uh, in the summer tournament there, the Canada Cup or whatever he, they were he calling. Always it. went at Gretzky. No matter always what teams went they were at on, he always went at Gretzky. So, so he did the same thing in this yeah. game. So he mm-hmm. goes after him, and it wasn't as bad as the one in the summer there, a bit from behind. But mm-hmm. he went after him. So everybody jumps in, like which you, you know you're going to do. That's going to happen. But they had they had um, McKenzie on the ice and. Uh, and um, oh, the other huge guy. What was his name? Um, uh, sorry, was Grimson there at the time? Yeah, okay. Stewie Grimson. <laughs> so I just like I'm just I'm just beelining, you know. Like I don't yeah. care. It's gonna be somebody. So mm-hmm. I just beeline it in there, grab holler, my gloves are off, and then I get I get a, a ring around the neck, and it's and it would it happened to be McKenzie. Mm-hmm. So we start going, and I got the jump on like. When I went to throw my first punch, my 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 sleeve came right out of my jersey. Mm-hmm. You know, like my arm came right out of my sleeve. Mm-hmm. So I just like boom, boom, just got him. Like I'm like, yes, I got him. Like I got him. <laughs> and then he just he just went down, took like a two second break, and hit me with a left, mm-hmm. and it hit me right on the temple. I didn't I didn't go down, yeah. but I don't remember any any like. I remember we were sitting in the penalty box and uh, Gretz is like going, great job, great job. And I'm like, and I kind of like shook my head and I was like, oh my God, I'm in the penalty box. Like, I don't even remember. I don't remember like how I got here. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't remember the state to the penalty box. I don't remember. Like, I remember punching him twice and then I, you know, I could feel a punch coming, you know, as you do. Yeah. And then it was like, out just <laughs> just like one of those where it's like oh my god i went back and looked i'm like oh my god this guy hits like a mac truck man it was crazy did you ask so, Gretzky yeah. if you won did you say did i win 
No, well, yeah, I, I remember the the Gretzky was saying, "Listen to the crowd, man. They're they're loving you, man." They're lo-, that he was saying something like that, and I'm like, I I was thinking to myself, I wonder if I did good because I don't even remember the fight now. <laughs> so, like, I didn't want to say anything. Like, I don't know. If he would have said, uh, "This guy needs to go to see a medical guy," because I don't even re- I didn't even remember. But it was great. The crowd was going nuts. So it was. Uh, they were just announcing my penalty as I as I came to, kind of you know. So it was like, it was like a good couple minutes there where I just, whatever oh, happens. Man. Well, you're in good company because he's uh, he's done that to a lot of guys. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Uh, so we're gonna move on now to the IHL. See, we're we're moving along here. <laughs> Uh, now I I got five guys here who I don't know if you fought all with Islander ties. So, uh, again, first guy, actually the first couple of guys are D men. So maybe not, uh, Ian Herbers, who would have been with Cleveland at the time. Yeah, no, I, it's funny because I played a a brief stint in the, uh, in the IHL the one year when I, I got sent down from Atlanta. I was, you know, I was with Atlanta there when, when they started the new franchise. Mm -hmm. So they, their team was in Orlando. Yeah. So I had uh, I had a two week stint in Orlando the one year. So that's the only that's the extent of my IHL. Oh, okay. So I wouldn't even Herbers. I don't even remember okay. the guy I fought though in in Orlando was La Puma. Was oh, it Chris La Puma? La Puma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That guy. This is like we had a good tilt, man. Yeah, and he's a D man too. Yeah. All right, so that uh, that eliminates the four other names. I don't even have to go through them. Well, so. yeah, I mean, you could you could we could go through them. I just no. like there was I didn't play in the IHL. Yeah. So no, I know, I know. Uh, all right, yeah. so we're going to come back to the American League. Uh, we're going to Norfolk now, and one yeah. teammate that I want to ask you about. And I don't think he was there that long, and that's Mark Jansons. Yeah, no, he wasn't. Um, where did I play with him though? Norfolk. I played with him some. Was it Norfolk? Yes. God, I don't That's why I'm that. here, dude. I'm here to help you. <laughs> you played with uh, him in Norfolk. Oh, I thought that I thought that was in Raj for some reason. No, because no. I don't know why. I was just thinking about him. I, I I think I had a dream about him like a month ago. Oh, okay. And I said I was like, oh yeah, no, I did play with him, but I didn't think it was in Norfolk. But yeah, yep. he was just a big. He was a strong. I think it, you know he was he was uh, he was at the tail end there. Yeah. You know he was on the 18th hole of his career, so it was it was just. He was flying around still, and he was, you know, using his size and not really like he wasn't in for, you know, going into Philly and yeah, and you know, like McLaren and mm-hmm. like they had like seven guys, yeah. legit like guys, and he wasn't he wasn't up for that. So it was, but it was good, good experience, mm-hmm. good uh, good knowledge well, that he gave us. So it was he, good. He didn't have to. You guys were loaded for bear too. So mm-hmm, he could just go mm-hmm. and play. He could just go oh, and yeah, sure. win face-offs and everything. And just, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. yeah. Cause he was a center. Man. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that. So yeah. yeah, he was, he was taking draws and everything. All right. So I'm going to throw out some names of uh, some of the tougher guys you may have played against during that time in your career. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Asham. Yeah. No, I didn't, uh, I didn't fight him, but mm-hmm. you know, we're, uh, we kind of communicate now and then on Twitter and whatnot. Yep. So mm-hmm. I don't, I never fought him, but uh, I remember, you know, his style and, and, you know, what, what he was, what he was all about. So mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, respect those guys. I really do. I really respect those kind of players. Uh, next few guys, I think all came after you in the OHL, but you may have uh, played against them in the American league. First guy is yep. Brandon Sugden. 
Yeah, Sugden. I I remember I remember the name because yeah. he, he he went through some problems yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's doing better now, though. Oh, is he? That's yep. good. That's mm-hmm. good to hear. Yep. You know, I remember the the hearing the stories later on, and I didn't play against him. I don't remember yep. playing against him. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of at any level, but I remember him going through things. And yeah. And the one thing I want to say about that real quickly is that yeah. I understand. Um, guys guys went through a lot of shit you know they got they got messed up and and it was the way the game was played back then and you know like i don't have i just i'm just talking about me personally i don't have any any regrets any remorse i know i knew what i was doing i knew the stakes and uh you know i mean i i I think i'm fine Mm -hmm. you know i um you know i still remember (laughs) most of it yeah you know, I kind of chuckle at it, which, you know, it's not super funny, but, you know, it, I remember things and I, I, I still have a pretty good life. So I just, I just, that's, that's my personal mm-hmm. opinion. I, I, I knew, I knew what the stakes were. I knew what I was getting myself into. I don't think I, I, I was ever told, you know, yeah. you have, like, if I had a head injury or, which I, you know, I don't remember having too many, but I did have one major concussion and I was never told, you you know, you need to get back out there. Right. You know, I was, it took me three months and they said, are you a hundred percent? They made sure I was, everything checked out. Everything was, was good again. And, and, and I went back out there, but I was never, ever, you know, pressured or forced or whatever. So, you know, just want to throw that out yeah. there. I know it's a big topic. Oh, I love it. I love it because there's certain guys out there that, uh, you know, and listen, your story fits you. It doesn't mean that your experience is the same as everyone else's, but it seems like a lot of people on the side of, you know, smearing hockey culture want to paint everything with a broad brush. Everything. Exactly. And that's not the case because, like you say, you had you had uh, you know your memories and everything. I've spoken to you know Karenzi yeah. a bunch of times, and he went through some issues with okay. concussions. And he says oh, he, he goes, yeah. "Yeah, he did." And and he had he went through a hard time, but he said he goes, "It oh, wasn't oh, hockey." He goes, "I I knew what I was doing. I made my own decisions. I don't blame mm-hmm. hockey for it." You know, and, and oh, I see. I, okay, I, I just I I always like to hear that sort of perspective because I don't take anything away from guys who did go through hard times. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and there's a, f- a certain face of that movement who I really don't talk about. But, uh-huh. uh, you know, okay. if his story is if he had a bad time, which, of course, he never really brought up till he retired and he was till he was his done. money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then I feel bad for him. Obviously, I, I sympathize with him, but it's always nice to hear yeah. the other side, because if you listen to that side, they all they all want to paint it with one broad stroke. Right. The culture is toxic and all this other stuff. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, no, and I'm glad you put a point on it there too. Is that 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 is my story? Yeah, you know, I am not, I am not saying this is how it was for everybody. Mm-hmm. You you could have had a different experience, and like you said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for you. I, I I really am. I I I I don't I don't I don't think it's it's it's. It, I'm not mad at those guys. Okay, I'm not mad at them. They yeah. they went through stuff and. Some of them have got through. Some of them, you know, they're they're still going through tough times. It's just my story is is personal to me, and I just want to make sure that you know people know that it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just everything was you know was horrible, you know. So 
Yeah, and and also coming from you, I mean, you may have, and it's nothing that you need to get into, but being a black player, I mean, that's also a hot yeah. topic now with racism yeah, and things like yeah. that. And I, I had Graham yeah, Townsend yeah. on the show, and he recounted mm-hmm. some of the racism he did. And I'm sure you, I'm, I would imagine I, for someone that played as long as you did, you experienced some of it. But I did, I definitely did. Yeah, I'm sure, I did. But but you're not painting every every one of your opponents as a racist exactly. and everything and exactly and and I like when you know Graham basically said you know he kind of dealt with it on an individual basis mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you deal with it because you have one and, and a lot of times Graham said a lot of the players that would say stupid shit their own teammates would say what are you saying what mm-hmm. are you doing mm-hmm. so so even for yeah. someone like yourself where you 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 did the role you fought. Um, yeah. You had a nice career, but but you, also for you, where you may have experienced a lot of other things that most players never had, and they didn't uh, have to. Yep. Right. So to hear that and to hear your attitude towards it, it's really refreshing because I always appreciate. I'm old school. I kind of like things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like handling things like a man. You handle sure. it like men, and then it's sure. over. And yeah. You know. Sure. So that it's to me, it's sort of refreshing to hear hear your attitude about that. Sure thing, you know, and that, that's just the honest truth. You know, yeah. I don't, um, I'm not here to, 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 you know, nullify or any, anyone else, anyone else's experience. I don't want to take away from their experience or, or say that's not how it was. Mm-hmm. It, it, it may have been, you know, I had, I, there, there was racial issues that I had to deal with. It was, it was two or three. I guarantee it was two or three in my whole career. Mm-hmm. So that's not. You know, when I played, I played 15 years of pro hockey. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's, you know, that's nothing. You deal with it. Like you said, I deal with, I dealt with those things Mm -hmm. like personally, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to newspapers and, 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 and call it out. I just dealt with it, you know? So, Mm -hmm. Hey, some, some people do different things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to your time with the Columbus Cottonmouths, you had a teammate. And I know a lot of times you're one of the bigger guys on your team, but sure. this guy dwarfed you as he dwarfs many people, <laughs> and you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Tell I me know. what it was like playing with the Hurricane, Mitch Fritz. Fritzy, no, he was um, he was great. He was raw when I played with him. You know, he he had just come out of junior, I think the year before, so it was it was his second year pro, mm-hmm. and everything was raw. His skating, even his fighting ability, everything was a bit raw, but. You know, he was a great kid, and uh, those are the kind of qualities that you you look for. I kind of look for and and say, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna stick around. You know, he's gonna he's gonna make it, or he's gonna go as far as you know he wants. You know, because you see those guys and you you see how they act in the dressing room, not playing a lot, not sulking. You know, just getting in the work, knowing that you know, knowing that the work is gonna pay off down the line. So. I saw a lot of that in Fritzy, and uh, just a great guy. Like I said, tough as nails. You, you got to be tough when you're that big, because you know, the, the, you know, guys are coming after you. So he held his own. You know, like I said, he was a little raw at the time, but he went on to, you know, really great things. I was really uh, proud of him. And you guys had the right coach too, which we'll talk about him uh, coming up in sure. a little bit. But uh, uh, Danbury, that team. Uh, I mean, anyone that listens to this show and anyone that is a a hockey fight fan um, knows about the Danbury Trashers. Now, myself, I am a 
proud uh, Italian American. So yeah. to me, you know, with the um, the owners, the ownership there, you know, Italian American, it's a Galante, success story. Yeah, yeah the Galantes. Yeah. Uh, AJ is now uh, a boxing trainer, MMA yeah. trainer, I think, in uh, Connecticut. Yeah, um, boxing trainer, promoter. Yeah, yeah. How, well, how, just uh, even though it has nothing to do with the Islanders, I have to ask you: How did you end <laughs> up with Danbury first and foremost? Uh, I mean, so Danbury is one of those, um, you know, it was, it was one of those great couple of years where, you know, uh, Mr. Galante just kind of, he, 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 he wanted something to do. He wanted a project and he wanted AJ to run it. He wanted AJ, he wanted to give AJ some, you know, some, I guess some, uh, business training or, or, or planning and, you know, how to, how to run a team. It was, you know, like on the outside, I could see how it looked a little crazy, mm. you know, like he, I think AJ was, God, I think he was, he was 18 at the time. I think I want to yeah. say maybe even younger than that. You know, you don't have an 18 year old as your GM of a <laughs> hockey club. Like you, I think they were look like the first, like the, the, the first 10 guys they looked, they said, who's the top scorers in this league? This is we pick them up. Then it was, who's got the most penalty minutes that we can get. So it was, it was, you know, this guy that like, so, and, and you know what? It's, it was crazy. how it was put together. It was crazy how kind of it all fell apart. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I've been interviewed by uh, Netflix and, um, and, and, uh, all you know other sorts of um tv companies there's a big documentary is supposed to come out it was supposed to be out already but covid mm-hmm. covid okay. happened yeah so, i can't wait yeah, there's a big there's a big doc in the works on that mm-hmm. but yeah it was one of those crazy moments in life where you just get an opportunity and uh a lot of just a lot of crazy shit man but it was great mm-hmm. you know they took care of the guys what he did for the community, I know. Uh, I, I know he he was in a lot of trouble and mm-hmm. he spent time in jail. I don't think he's still in jail, is he? Or is he? No, I think he's out. I think he's out now. Yeah, but you know, like, listen. I know. I know. Obviously, there there were there there were things going on that we didn't see. We didn't mm-hmm. we didn't see all the all the criminal stuff mm-hmm. or whatever that happened that got him sent away. But the way he he took care of us, the way he. You know, he, he lifted up the community. We had we had full houses. We had a rink that could only that only sat you know four hundred people built into this great little minor league rink that could seat five thousand. You know, it was yep. just uh, it was a great it was a great time in my life, and um, you know, I just got to thank the Galantes for it. And guys, guys who played tough wanted to go there like this was a this was a destination like you would think connecticut you know it's not like some of the other leagues where you could play in florida or other warm weather places yeah yeah, this is danbury connecticut but and i know a bunch of guys who played there and they loved it and like you said because the way the galantes treated you guys like royalty so um i know that everybody loved playing there and i can't wait for that documentary to come out yeah no it's going to be special and 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 you know what we we set kind of uh records that most people aren't gonna you know (laughs) it was the it was the most penalty minutes ever whatever whatever it was Mm -hmm. but listen we we had a great time 
I know, I know. You, you're saying guys wanted to play there. They wanted to play there because they didn't want to play against us. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play against that goddamn team. Yeah. We had Frankie the Animal by Lois. We had Johnny Marasti, Brad, you know, winger. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. We'd go on to rinks and, you know, like the Danbury flu was a real thing. <laughs> we, we went, uh, I went to, I think, two games. One of the games was, I think, against Flint. And uh-huh. I think the only guy that had any sort of toughness on his record, I think, was Cam White. And yeah. you go, and this guy is oh, – and he's a big dude, his, but he's not yeah. – you know, he's over yeah. his head. I so, remember him. Yeah, yeah. so I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. I, like, my heart went out to him that night because I'm like, <laughs> this, this you got, a, like, a, a rogues gallery of guys here. How do you – I, yeah, I almost – it's like a double-edged sword. Do you scratch the guy because you know he's fighting three times? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, but – I uh, mean, honestly, like, it was it was crazy. I, the next year I went to Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. And um, and they weren't as bad, but right. I was just thinking to myself, like, what would it have been like to come in there the year before and just seeing these, these mutants <laughs> skating around and staring at you in warm up and shooting pucks? Frankie, Frankie, the animal is doing push ups at center oh. ice, like right at center ice. He's doing push ups and warm up. It's just, I, I it mean, crazy. I think if I were you, I would have been there and just. I I don't know if I would have warmed up. I would have just stood there and watched my team going. Holy shit, you know, <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, no, that's how it was. It was unreal. Uh, a couple of guys you played with there, actually three. Um, and I don't think, I don't know how long they were there for. Uh, two guys with yeah. ties to uh, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Uh, Nick Bellotto. Do you remember playing with Nick? Yeah, Nicky B. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. He was, um, he was one of our kind of skilled uh, power play guys on, mm-hmm. you know, on the, on the back end on defense. So he was... You know he's a good player. I, yeah. I really thought he's a nice, uh, he's a nice solid player. He um, he had some grit to him. He had some skill to him. Good size. You know, loved the loved the hip check, loved mm-hmm. the body check. So, yeah, I really uh, really appreciated his game back then. Really good guy off the ice, and uh, he's a uh, he's a uh, French Canadian. Yeah. So uh, I know, like I I grew up in kind of northern Ontario, mm-hmm. so I know like uh, pretty bilingual. Oh, okay. As well, so I got along with um, I got along with Nikki pretty good. Uh, another French Canadian, uh, Mario Larocque. Yeah, the Rock. Um, he was he was another one. Like I think they were partners, Mario. And oh, okay. He, so uh, he was, you know, it was funny. We used to bug we used to bug him because he'd get two hundred penalty minutes a year, mm-hmm. whatever it was, and he'd get like two fights. <laughs> <laughs> he'd get. He'd get 80, like, two-minute minors, like, a year. Like, I'm talking, like, 8-0 he'd get. But, no, he was uh, – I mean, he was a former first-round pick. He was a good yeah. player. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't work out for him, obviously. I think it was Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, Didn't work out for him there, higher level, I guess, than that. But, you know what, for that level, solid player, good guy. Just, you know, good, good strong kind of uh, lower minor league player for sure. And uh, the third guy, a guy who probably dodged a bullet by not signing with the Islanders during the Mike Milbury era, uh, who went on to have a really nice NHL career, is Mike Rupp. Yeah, Ruppy. So that was the year. Um, that was the year the uh, the lockout. Mm-hmm. I think it. So it would have been. Uh, would is it the 04, 05 year? I believe so. Yeah, what, I can't remember what year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
So we got, we got, uh, obviously the lockout happened. Guys weren't coming, weren't getting paid. So they were calling around to, to look for a paycheck and, 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 uh, Ruppy came in on some like astronomical numbers, I think for that league. (laughs) And, um, and we had, um, um, Petey, what was, um, what was his name? Steven Pete. Okay. Yeah. As well. And uh, I know he's gone through some problems now, but yep. um, uh, he was in there. Petey was in there, and uh, we had Ruppy in there. And just to add to the crazy mutants that we already had, <laughs> it was uh, it was crazy. It was fun. Uh, all right, so we're done with the players. I have three coaches to ask you about, and then uh, yeah. and then we'll wrap this up. Yeah. Um, your head coach in Buffalo was also head coach here for a little bit. Uh, and I know that, um, you know, I, I know most of the tougher players in Buffalo enjoyed playing for Ted Nolan. Uh, yeah. Did you like playing for Teddy? Yeah, I did. I really did. You know, I uh, when I was drafted, uh, he was the coach. And then by the time I think I played, when I played my first NHL game there, mm-hmm. um, he was the coach. So I, I went I went through about, I would say, you know, two or two or three training camps mm-hmm. and then he was gone, you know, he had some yeah. good years and then mm-hmm. he was gone. But the the thing I remembered about Teddy was um, how, how motivational he was, mm-hmm. you know, he would, he didn't, he didn't draw up the, the, he was the first coach I remember that didn't in practice, he didn't drop the drills. Like it was Donnie Lever or whoever mm-hmm. the assistants were at the time. So they would draw up the practice drills and, you know, but then he'd pull you aside and say, "Listen, you're not, you know, you know, that's not what we're looking for." So mm-hmm. he was one of the, he was one of the first coaches that I ever saw that kind of, you know, he's the head, he oversees everything, you know, yeah. he de- he 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 delegates whatever he needs to do to 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 the assistants, and then he's just overseeing it all. So that's how I kind of like to approach everything now when I coach. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's um. He was great. He was just motivational. It was just inspiring, you know, to uh, to see him coach and uh, you know doing having uh, great success as well. It almost sounds like he runs his team like an NFL coach, where yeah, you have, and that's a yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say um, that's the that's that was one of the first times I had ever seen that, and mm-hmm. I mean, see, I was just coming out of junior, so. You know, maybe in junior that you're the head coach is obviously going to be a bit more hands on. Mm-hmm. I bet you it's not like that. You know, it's more like that in even in junior now. You know, you delegate. You, you guys do this. I'll I'll watch over this, and I'll 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 just survey the whole thing, and then you know before the game, give them give them a big speech and send them out on their way. But yeah, definitely the NFL uh, parallel is there. Now in my life, there have been two people that have almost crushed my hand when I shook their hand. One, we've already spoken about Eric Cairns. The other guy was your coach in Atlanta, Kurt Fraser. That guy was tough as nails as a player. And yeah. when I shook his hand, I, I had to make sure it was still there. He didn't even put an effort in, but what a grip. Uh, what was it like yeah. playing for uh, Kurt Fraser? Yeah, Fraser, he was great. You know, oh, he was uh, – I, I, um, I'm just going to be totally honest. I didn't um, – I didn't know him. I didn't, I didn't connect mm. that, that he was a player. Yeah. So when he was, you know, he was the coach and, and I, and I ended up, I didn't get to Atlanta till I think it was October of that year. I was mm. kind of a waiver pickup. So I wasn't in the initial uh, expansion draft. Mm. And, uh, but when I got there, I kind of did 
I did my research because our practices were they were great. Yeah, we would practice and then and then it was like okay, it's going off the rails a bit, which it did a lot in Atlanta. Let's yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm. So he would stop it and just like tear into us, like yeah. just you know and and listen, he. He 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 was coaching in the NHL. He wanted the best, but it was it wasn't like he he wanted us to be like like Vegas is doing now mm-hmm. with their expansion team, and it just wasn't going to happen. So he just he just wanted us to he wanted so much more from us, and 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 he tried to get the most out of us. It just you know we were just a bunch of misfits put together, <laughs> and it just it just didn't work out. I felt so bad for him because he. He worked his ass off every day and, um, you know, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't work out. You know, that's the, that was the nature of expansion back then. It just, you you were, you were fighting a loser's race. Right. It seems like a lot of times with the expansion teams, the first coach is almost there to sort of set a foundation. And yeah. then by the time that's set, he's gone. He's, and he's gone. He's building it for the next coach. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, and that, I mean, it just, I don't know what it was in Atlanta after the first couple of years there. It just seemed to, it just seemed to go stale, you know, and that obviously that's why they're gone. But yeah, you know, that first couple of years, I know, I know Kurt was, he was, he was putting in the time. There was no, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't missing a trick. He was doing everything he could. It was just, you know, it was just, you could, you're working with so much less than what Vegas got and what Seattle's going to get. So uh, last coach, and it's a guy who's a former guest, and a guy you played against, I believe, back in your Rochester days, and then he was your coach in Columbus, and that's the Colonel, Brian Curran. Uh, what was it like playing for the Colonel? The Colonel. No, it was great. You know what? He was um, he was a really old-school kind of coach, and uh, and that's, listen, I, I love when a coach is direct. You know, he's not like, he's not this is what, this is what I say, but this is what I like, you know, I'll do, I, I do other things. I, I, if you, if you're all over the place, you just, I don't know. You, you just, you lose my kind of respect or attention or however you want to phrase it. It just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't click with me, but you know what? The Colonel was direct. He's just, he, we had, we would have two and a half hour practices. And it wasn't like it was a bag skate, you know, yeah. we weren't, we weren't, we weren't skating up and down the ice, but he, oh, he like, he wanted to get the breakout out of our zone down pad. He wanted it to, and that's, I think that's a lot like the NHL or sorry, the NFL as well, mm-hmm. where everything, everybody knows where you're supposed to be at every moment. And, and it's a little different with hockey because, you know, the nature of the game, the puck is bouncing and, and. Once it gets live, you just never things never just seem to play out like exactly how you want them. But he would, he would, he would, we would, we would do a breakout for forty five minutes, like just break it out of the zone. You, you're here, you're here, you're here, you're, you're here. Then if this happens and this, then we'll do another. We do it again for you know ten minutes. The 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 alternate breakout if the if the guy shoots down the middle or or whatever. So it was those were. <laughs> Those were crazy days, and and listen, we were in uh, East Coast League. You know, we practice at we practice at I think it was nine forty five. You're done at whatever eleven eleven thirty eleven, you know, quarter to twelve, and then you just 
what you got the rest of the day so it's not that bad i don't i don't you know it wasn't crazy but yeah he was really he was really into details and you wouldn't think that just from the way he played you know he's rough and tumble and and um abrasive kind of player in his day but yeah he was really uh he's really into little details like that now before we started recording we were talking about something that i i didn't i forgot and then i remembered um it has nothing to do with hockey. Tell me, I know how passionate you are about soccer. So yeah. tell me where that started, because you're a massive <laughs> soccer fan. Yeah, no, it was huge. I'm huge, and I. It's so funny. I guess my parents. You know, I I, I was born in Nigeria, so mm-hmm. I came to Canada when I was you know a year old. So i just I just think it was from you know kind of their their background soccer's really big in nigeria and and honestly growing up like i think I think they say soccer is one of the biggest youth sports in the world i mean yeah. it, it it definitely is you know you 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 see all the little soccer leagues with the kids every every kid's playing soccer when they're five six seven so I played soccer um obviously hockey was my love and uh I pursued that, but I loved soccer. I loved, I loved, um, you know, getting older and following teams. I, I gravitated towards Arsenal, mm-hmm. uh, the club in uh, England. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I just thought it's just always been with me, you know, major tournaments and the Euro, uh, the European championships are going on right now. Yes. But, but obviously, uh, the World Cups are huge. So, you, you know, I get to watch Nigeria and most of those. Canada hasn't made it. In, into one of those in a while but mm-hmm. yeah just uh just the game i just loved the game from an early age and i stuck with it how good were you i thought i was pretty good yeah you know i i tell my kids that i could have played pro hockey in any any or pro in <laughs> any sport that i decided to i was i just say that to them just to fire them up but i um i thought i was pretty good yeah i played baseball growing up i was pretty good in that so just everything uh, so uh, you just brought up your kids. I see that sometimes on social media you post about your kids. It seems like they are doing uh, so well a- academically, athletically. Uh, yeah. Tell me a little. I think your son is—is is he starting college or did he start last year? Yeah. So my son's in his freshman year at Brown University, and uh, my daughter is in her. She just finished her sophomore year at Cushing Academy. It's a a boarding school in um, in Massachusetts. So. Okay. You know, just very proud of them. Uh, you know, they've uh, they've accomplished a lot, I think, in their in their young lives, and there's so much more to go. But mm-hmm. but they've um, they have a good, great foundation, a good base. Very very humble, but very competitive. I think uh, they get it from both sides. Uh, you know, of their of their parents. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you know, I just I can't say enough. I get really emotional speaking yeah. about them because they're yeah. so so proud. And the things they've uh, they've done so far in their lives. No, that's great. I I asked you that because I knew that's how you would get. Because I I I'm the same way about my kids. So I was like, sure, the, yeah, you know, good dad stories. And uh, so tell me what what are you up to nowadays? Not too much, you know. I uh, I I actually was coaching um, U18, um, a hockey club around here. It's a Triple uh, A team, you know, minor hockey. Before that, I I was coaching junior b which is i guess i don't know what the equivalent would be in the states um 
it's hard to it's hard to com- compare. It's it's junior A, but it's not the OHL mm-hmm. essentially. You know, it's right. the it's the tier right below that. Right, right. So yeah, I've been I've been really just kind of concentrating on that. Taking um, Canada does a great job with uh, coaching courses, and uh, I've been doing a lot of coaching um, clinics and, and and courses to get certain badges to progress. You know, mm-hmm. just the just to stay in the game. I wish I'd done this earlier. Uh, I, I didn't, which I, I, I regret, but you know, just trying to stay with it, stay involved in the game as much as I can. And, uh, you know, see where that leads me. What, what is the end goal? Are you looking to coach in the OHL or maybe higher than that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Even higher than that. You know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's definitely the goal. And, uh, it, it, it started late cause I, I tried to get into policing when mm-hmm. I was done. Yeah. And and when when you're when your heart's not into it, yeah. then you know, thing things generally don't work out for you. And uh I think I think I should have just stuck with hockey. There was a lot of other things going on at the time, so I don't want to get into that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. It was just it was just you know, I should I, I didn't I, I left the game I'd say for about four or five years mm-hmm. and then uh I, I came back in kind of twenty fifteen in that time frame and you know i'm just i'm racing like hell to just like you know get all the knowledge the game's so different now than than when i played and when you were when i was seeing you all the time at the rink so you know there's so much to learn so much to to take in so that's what i'm trying to do all right well i'm gonna sign off but don't hang up when i sign off okay Oh, okay. All right. Just for uh, just for another minute, but don't don't hang up when I say goodbye. So. Yep. Yep. Um. All right. Well, that is that is great to hear. You know, you're one of my favorite people. I wish you nothing but the best. I can't wait to see you behind a bench somewhere. I know when you put your mind to something, you go and you get it. It's going to be awesome. And uh, you know, you deserve everything that you get. I know you're a great dad, a great family man. Uh. You're a really good friend to me. I miss seeing you, and uh, yeah. going going down this road was was great. And I really appreciate the time. Uh, you know what, Joe? I just want to say thank you. You know, from the bottom of my heart, I love uh, I love seeing you at the rink back in the day. I uh, I can't wait to see you again. And uh, thanks for this. Thanks for bringing you know bringing these good memories and vibes back. I loved uh, I loved every moment of this kind of recording and. Uh, and reminiscing, you know, down memory lane. So uh, thank you a lot for this. Uh, it, it, <clears throat> excuse me. It's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure. So just best of luck, and uh, we'll keep in touch, okay? Awesome. Thanks, Joe. All right. Talk to you later. I fucking love that dude, man. I really do. Rooms is such, such a great fucking guy. Uh, Rooms, if you've uh, listened this far, thanks again, dude, for doing this. Uh, what a what a great time it was chatting with you. And uh Oh, man. Good stories. Good stuff. I love it, dude. Thank you so much. So as far as this program goes going forward, I am cautiously amped about the next three episodes or so. Uh, This week, I guess flowing into next week, I should have an interview with a player with ties to the Sound Tigers. Uh, Spent a training camp with the Islanders. Uh, as far as the Talking Isles Enforcers with, I have, uh, uh, I think, a pretty big name lined up and actually a former teammate of uh, Roman Indoors, 
who I think is going to be phenomenal. And, uh, of course, unfortunately, the Islanders' season is over, and I did promise you my ultimate unquestioned uh, blah, 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 whatever, use all the adjectives you want, my ultimate Isles top 10 enforcers of all time. So I will begin working on that too. So should everything go the way I hope, uh, I think uh, the next few weeks will be pretty good for this program. So, uh, you know, like I always say, um, I, I don't like to let the cat out of the bag. So I'm only letting them peek out of the bag a little bit. I don't want to get my hopes up, but uh, I feel pretty confident uh, in the next couple of weeks here. So stay tuned and, uh, everybody have a great week and stay safe.